Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aww yeah? In this week's podcast, Ethan and I are talking all about New Year's Eve and New Year's Day traditions. We talk about traditions from the US and the UK, as well as others that we've experienced in other countries. And as always, if you head on over to our Instagram at reallife.english, you'll have some expressions there that are very fitting for New Year's. So make sure you head on over there as soon as you finish listening to or watching this podcast. Ah, uh, yeah, boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and efficient way to learn English. So download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, riding the bus, taking down your Christmas tree, or even completing your household chores. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm joined here in the Barcelona non-physical studio, as always by the lovely Andrea. How's it going, Andrea? I'm good, thank you. How about you? Doing great. So we are in the last week of the year for anyone listening to this, and maybe it's already 2021 actually for people listening to this as well. Maybe you're actually nursing a hangover listening to this if you're if you're one who celebrates New Year's at the same time as we do. What does it mean if you're nursing a hangover? To nurse a hangover. So to nurse, people might know the word nurse, like a doctor and a nurse in a hospital. And we use it as like a verb to like take care of someone, right? So if you're nursing a hangover, it's kind of like you're helping yourself recover from a hangover after you had too much fun the night before. Exactly. <laughs> that is not our case, though. We, we podcast responsibly. So <laughs> we're here in full form. And if you are listening to this and you want to see my and Andrea's lovely faces, we like to think so anyway, then you can head over to YouTube and you can actually watch us over there. You can actually grab yourself a hot drink, a cup of coffee, a tea, and we will have a lot of fun having a conversation together. And that said, we have a shout out to a very special listener out there. So today's shout out comes from Karolina from Poland and it's titled Simply Marvelous. Your podcasts are an amazing way to push your limits in learning, especially if you feel like your English is ready for new ways to get to know the culture. On the other hand, I love listening to you just for fun. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for that dynamic comment, Carolina. She said that it's simply marvelous. What does marvelous mean? It's another way to say wonderful or fantastic or brilliant. It's a really mm -hmm. good word actually to describe rather than saying um, that it's simply great or it's simply fantastic. You could use marvelous. Yeah, that's a really great one. I actually did a video not too long ago where with different TV series actually and, and movies and things like this, we looked at 40 better ways to just say good because learners tend to probably just go with good or great, but there's so many different great words that you can use uh, for this to describe something that you really like or something that's really fantastic. So we'll link that down in the description below and on the show notes for this episode of the podcast, which you'll find over on our website, reallifeglobal.com. 
But if you want us to shout you out, it's really simple. All you have to do is head over to Apple Podcasts, as Carolina did, or Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to us, and leave us a five-star review. And the really fantastic thing about this is that you're helping other people from around the world to have fun learning with us, whether that's vocabulary or culture, as we'll be focusing more on today. So that said, I think you have a quote to share with the listeners, right, Andrea? Yeah, so today's quote comes from Socrates, who was a Greek philosopher, and it's the secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. So that's a really fantastic quote, actually, I think, for this time of the year, because obviously everyone is trying to start at the new year with kind of new goals, new resolutions, as we might call them. And so I think that that is a really great piece of advice from this Greek philosopher. Yeah, and it reminds me also of another expression, out with the old, in with the new. Hmm. What exactly does that mean? So that means kind of maybe you're going through a transition or maybe you're changing something and you're getting rid of old things and starting fresh. And I think it's the same with this quote is rather than focusing your energy on this past year and what may have happened or what could have been and things like that, you need to start focusing on what's going to be happening in in the new year and building on that and focusing all your energy on kind of a fresh and a new start. Mm-hmm. That's a really great word to use, a fresh start. That's a collocation we use all the time, right? Yes. So we'd also say, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. So that said, we'll definitely have to do a different podcast on kind of setting goals and how you can actually be successful. Maybe if you're, you haven't been so happy with your progress in 2020, as I know many people have kind of complained that this year hasn't gone as most of us have expected, then hopefully you can make 2021 a year to be remembered. So that said, let's jump into today's topic, all about New Year's and New Year's traditions. So New Year for us, we celebrate the New Year on New Year's Eve, which is the 31st of December, which in our calendar is the last day of the year. So Mm -hmm. this is important, I think, because depending on your culture, maybe your religion, this is different for many people around the world. For example, I know that in the Hindu religion, Diwali is New Year's and that's usually in November and I think also in Judaism it's different as well. It is that's right and also like the Chinese calendar they have a whole different I think it depends also on the year but I think that tends to be more like in springtime at least in the the northern hemisphere so it's quite interesting I think there's so many different traditions out there and uh, for us maybe it seems like so so normal but For many people out there, maybe you have completely different traditions. So we hope that we can kind of share some of our traditions and we would love to hear some of yours as well. If you're on YouTube, comment down below or over on our blog, leave a comment there on this episode because we love learning about these kind of things. So something really interesting is that in English we'll say New Year's. So that's like New Year with apostrophe S, like a possessive, right? And you'll hear this all the time and I think it's not usually referring to the first but the 31st, as you said, which is actually New Year's Eve. So it's kind of like a shortening of that, correct? Exactly. So we have New Year's Eve and then New Year's Day, which is the 1st mm-hmm. of January. And what might you do on New Year's Day to bring in the new year? On, on New Year's Day or on New Year's Eve? I think we can start with New Year's Day because there's more 
fun traditions and stuff around the 31st, but people, I think on the, on the first different people have different ways that they might ring in the new year. Yeah. So I think maybe this is one that's not so clear cut like Christmas. Maybe people have some different traditions and things that they Mm -hmm. follow, but we tend to, I mean, everything is always centered around food. So you might have like a big family dinner on the 1st of January or Mm -hmm. a big family lunch. And for, for me, growing up with a Greek Cypriot family, we have a special cake that we cut really, really after midnight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's called a vasilobita in Greek. And this basically means St. Basil's cake because the 1st of January is also St. Basil's Day. Mm-hmm. And in Greek, we call him Ayos Vasilis, and that's why it's a Vasilobita. And basically, this is a really nice sponge cake. And when it's baking in the oven, halfway through, you put in a coin, like a one euro coin wrapped in foil, and then you cut it after midnight. And whoever has the piece with the coin in it will have good luck for the year. <laughs> that sounds very similar to a tradition that they have here in the king's day which it's called or like maybe we would call it like the wise men's day might be the equivalent that you also eat a something like this like a sponge cake kind of a normal a normal cake but it has in it also uh i think either a king like a little i actually have one here unfortunately it's out of my reach but like a little porcelain figurine or something of a king and a bean so it's like if you get the king, it's the same thing. I think that it's like good luck for the year. If you get the bean, then you're supposed to, I think, I don't know if it's like you're supposed to pay for that cake or you're supposed to pay for the cake next year, but it's something like that. So there's one for like, that's more bad luck and one that's more good luck. That's true. Yeah. I've heard about that. Is there also a piece of cloth or something added in it? Or is that just, I'm, I'm not sure if I heard that and if I'm mistaken, but I think maybe sometimes in these cakes, you also have a piece of cloth and that might mean that you're going to have bad luck, but maybe people don't tend to do it because it wouldn't be very nice to cut a cake <laughs> and then get the piece with the cloth in it and then think, oh, I'm going to have bad, bad luck all year. <laughs> that's, a, that, that's definitely like uh, something that's really interesting that you brought up about kind of like the Greek or the the Cypriot tradition, uh, because I think that that's something that's so common too in the United States and in London and, and other parts of the UK, because we have so much immigration and, and because of like the, the colonies and things like this, you'll have like so many families that come from different backgrounds and kind of like sustain their own traditions from their country. So you also mentioned like Diwali because you've spent some time also um, surrounded by some of the more Hindu culture, right? Yeah, so my husband's family originates from India. So Mm -hmm. that's why like Diwali is a huge festival. Um, It's a really beautiful one as well. And, um, you know, from entering this family as well, I've learned a lot of these traditions and follow a lot of those traditions as well. Yeah, so I'd say like in the US, you'll find these kind of things a lot too. And I think that's something that makes it, um, it's really beautiful because it's of that diversity, right? Exactly. That's what I love so much about growing up in London. I was so grateful for it because it's so diverse and you just, you wouldn't be exposed necessarily to all these different cultures depending on where you've grown up. And that's something I'm very Mm -hmm. grateful for because it kind of opened my eyes to the world a little bit more. And it's amazing learning about all these different cultures and growing up with people that are different to you as well so that you can learn from them. Totally. I couldn't agree more. Uh, I grew up actually in a small town, so I didn't have so much of that, but I did have like different backgrounds coming from my father and my mother. That was from like a Lebanese Italian family. 
and nothing for New Year's, but I know like a lot of things, like you said, center around food in both of those traditions. So anytime we were with my mother's family, there would be a lot of like very unique food than what other people might have been having on those same days. And is there anything special or a tradition that your family would follow on this day? Well, with my family, I, I don't know if there was anything too in particular, maybe like uh, you might do some cleaning and stuff around the house. I think that's one thing that people might kind of see as like you want to start off the year in kind of a clean and organized way. And, and it's also like something that can bring good luck. But uh, I know like when I was younger and maybe even like in Corona, obviously this, this doesn't happen, but because so much of the kind of like festivities around the 31st usually have to do with getting together with friends or doing different uh, traditions that have to do with partying that I might've been like on the first more nursing a hangover or something like that. But when I, nowadays I probably prefer to go to bed a little bit earlier and to be more productive on that day, actually doing some things like uh, goal setting for the year and stuff, which as we mentioned, we'll talk about in another podcast. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I like feel what you're saying as well, because I definitely think <laughs> that's something that happens with a lot of people. They kind of think, oh, it's New Year's Eve, like we have to drink lots. And, and then the yeah. next day tend to sleep in, wake up late and just nurse their hangover. It's going to be interesting to see what happens this year because uh, especially like here in Barcelona, at least we don't even know what kind of restrictions we'll have because right now there's a curfew for 10 p.m. So if that's the case, then probably uh, if, if that kind of continues to be so, we'll probably be having more of a mellow New Year's, probably just staying in with whoever we live with and, and maybe like dinner or a drink or something at midnight, but probably none of the normal traditions, which we'll talk about in this podcast. Exactly. So in London... What might be some of the New Year's Eve traditions? Would you spend it more with your family or with friends? I think it depends on everyone. And I think it also depends a bit on your age because I remember when I was younger, like when I was at university and things like that, we would have a big night out in London. So you'd have mm -hmm. to pay maybe, I don't know what it would be now. It's probably even more expensive, but a couple of times we paid around 50 pounds for a ticket to go to a club and spend New Year's there. So it's a really expensive night. And yeah. I think maybe because of this, a lot more people tend to have parties at home now. And to be honest with you, like the best New Year's Eve that I've had has been at home either with friends or with family playing games having some drinks and some food and and enjoying it in the comfort of your own home mm -hmm. i definitely prefer house parties to kind of like shelling out you know i think it's the same here in barcelona that you have to pay something absurd between 50 and 100 euros to get into a discotheca or into a club so i also was always more of a fan of maybe just doing something more low-key with friends than having to shell out so much because usually too you have to go out for dinner beforehand and you'd be spending a bunch of money on that as well because usually you'll go out for like a special dinner and it ends up just being a really expensive night i'm not sure if that's the best way to bring in the new year right exactly and i've even seen some hotels here and some restaurants like marketing their new year's eve dinners and some are like mm -hmm. 200 euros per person Man. and things like this is like okay that that's great if it's something you really want to do and you want to spend that money but it is a mm -hmm. lot of money it's very expensive wouldn't it be great if there was some way to understand real english without getting lost and without getting bored well now there is 
with our real life native immersion course, we will take you on a 41 week real life adventure of the English language. Each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use real native English and make it a permanent part of your life in a way that is fun, natural, and convenient. The best part is you can try it for free with our three part power learning series. We will send it to your email. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod, that's P-O-D, to sign up. Now, let's get back to today's podcast lesson. So something I said before was that you would be ringing in the New Year's in this way. What does that mean? Yeah, so I guess maybe it's something to do with some bells chiming when maybe Mm -hmm. it's to do with Big Ben because usually at the stroke of midnight. So when the clock turns to midnight in London, Big Ben chimes, you hear the ringing of the bells. So we say ringing in the new year because this is what happens Mm -hmm. at midnight as we enter the new year. Exactly. So it's kind of like, we'll say something to do something to ring in the new year means whatever you're going to be doing at the time that you'll be hearing those bell chimes. And I think that's pretty common to hear everywhere as well, right? That if there's like a church or something or, or a government building that they'll they'll ring the bells and maybe that's where it's derived from yeah i think so and i know like big ben is synonymous with this in the uk mm-hmm. and there's a huge fireworks display as well by the london mm-hmm. eye uh, but i remember sometimes if we were home and we'd watch the countdown and everything on the tv mm-hmm. but since last year, I think it is, Big Ben has been under construction. So the bells of Big Ben don't actually chime. I don't think they will be this year either because they're doing some construction work. That's such a shame, but I couldn't really think of a better year for them to be doing that (laughs) because people probably won't be out and about quite as much this year anyway. That's true. So you said it's synonymous with this. What does that mean? Ah, so it means that you associate it with this. Like when you think of Mm -hmm. the bells chiming or the bells ringing, you think of Big Ben. Definitely. Is it even like the, that special song that's like very famous for um, chiming from Big Ben? Oh, I'm not sure. (laughs) I'll have to send it to you after. Maybe we can even like play a clip on YouTube. Oh yeah, do please do send it to me. Usually like the bells (laughs) chime and then it cuts straight to like, the London Eye where there's a huge Mm -hmm. fireworks display. And there's always a controversy here as well because like millions of pounds are spent on fireworks. And so lots of people say, oh, it's beautiful. It's a great thing to see. And, you know, you're kind of in competition with other great cities around the world for your fireworks display because this is is something that goes on the news as well on New Year's Day. And there's lots of comparisons, but a lot of money is always spent on this as well. So some people are a little bit like, well, that money could be spent on other things instead. That's probably true. But that's, uh, I think, a very big, like you said, in a lot of major cities, that's a very big tradition, having like a really grandiose fireworks uh, kind of event, right? Yeah. What does that mean, grandiose? Grandiose. It means it's kind of like really great in nature, right? So it's something that might be very impressive for you. Exactly. Yeah. And I think also it brings, well, normally it would bring a lot of Mm -hmm. tourism. So ones that spring to mind are Sydney, Hong Kong. Dubai, Mm -hmm. Rio, like I always loved the next day. So on New Year's Day, 
putting on the news and seeing all the fireworks displays around the world. Mm. So I know that many people would travel to see this as well. And obviously this year it's going to be a bit more difficult. It would be interesting to see if they still do the fireworks display and how grandiose they are. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you said that spring to mind. So what does that mean? So if something springs to mind, it enters your mind very quickly in a moment. So <laughs> in that moment, I was thinking of these cities, famous fireworks displays. Exactly. So something else that might happen, like if you're in the United States, most people will watch the ball drop in New York City. So this might be like the equivalent of Big Ben. And we might watch it uh, live. So we could watch it, you know, at 10 p.m. in in Colorado because it's two hours behind New York. But a lot of times, a lot of different channels will actually televise it, you know, at the midnight in that time zone. So you can actually use that as kind of like a, a way to ring in the new year is by watching this huge event in New York City. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Yeah, that's a really good point because the United States is such a huge country that you'll ring in the new year at it's different true. times. Yeah. So it's good that they televise it at the right moment for you as well. Exactly. And it's, uh, they have like live music and different things like this. I think you said that you actually happened to be in New York for New Year's one year, right? Yeah, I was quite, quite a long time ago and it was so busy. I remember on New Year's <laughs> Eve on the morning or in the morning on that day, we actually like went around walking and there were people queuing up already, like right to be at the front in Times Square and our intention was you know to be there in the crowd and everything but we saw as the day went on the crowds gathering and people queuing up and we were like mm, do we really want to do this it's really cold <laughs> <laughs> like what happens if you need to go to the bathroom or something so we were like oh we'll come out you know maybe around 10 p.m 11 p.m and kind of see where we're at and our hotel was kind of close to uh, Central Park. So it was really far away from Times mm. Square. And as we came out of the hotel, there was already crowds all the way up to there. <laughs> yeah. So we were like, okay, let's just stay here. We couldn't see anything, but we kind of <laughs> soaked up a bit of the atmosphere. And we were like, okay, we were <laughs> in New York for um, for New Year's, but we couldn't see the show or anything. So we then went back to the hotel room and watched the, <laughs> the repeat of the show and the ball dropping so that we could actually see it. <laughs> that makes sense. You said you soaked up the atmosphere or the, I think you said atmosphere, the environment. What does that mean? Yeah, so you just get to feel for the atmosphere. Obviously, lots of people were very happy. <laughs> you know, everyone was kissing at midnight, which is another tradition. Yeah. So as soon as the the new year comes in, we say happy new year to anyone that we're with and you might have someone that you want to kiss there or if you're just with your family, mm. you know, you kiss on each other's cheeks and say happy new year. So we soaked up the atmosphere, meaning that we just enjoyed the experience and being in that environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think in the, in the US, it would be the same that it'd probably be with your friends and stuff. You probably just do like a hug. But because the, I think in the, the UK, you have this tradition of like kissing on the cheek in the US, it's something that's pretty rare. Okay. Yeah. I, I would say it's probably more from the Greek side of me that we kiss mm. on both cheeks. Maybe in the UK as well, people tend to hug more rather mm -hmm. than kiss. Something that really surprised me though, is like watching the crown is that like even the royal family amongst themselves would do a kiss on the cheek. And I found that very surprising because I think of the royal family as being like very reserved and very, you know, not very touchy-feely as we might say. 
not very uh, physical in their way of showing uh, kind of their regards for each other. So uh, that was something that I'm very surprised to see them doing. Yeah, I agree that they're not very hands-on or affectionate in that way. Mm -hmm. But maybe this stems from their European roots as well, because they're actually German, aren't they? I mean, I'm not sure if in Germany people tend to kiss, but it could be something to do with this. Mm -hmm. And the prince is from a Greek family as well, like Greek-Danish, correct? He is, yeah. He was actually born in Greece as well. And... I believe we, we just did a lesson with the queen as well that we can we can link in the description and in the show notes because there's, uh, as we talked about in the last podcast, there's kind of a tradition with her doing the Christmas, the uh, her speech, right, on Christmas. And there's are there any traditions that she does on New Year's? She doesn't actually, no. On New Year's, no. She kind of does the, she uses the Christmas message to give a summary and round up mm-hmm. the year. And wish everyone a happy new year as well. So she kind of does the two in one. Mm -hmm. What does that mean, round up, to round up the year? To round up the year is to kind of summarize everything that's happened. So as it's coming to Mm -hmm. a close, as it's coming to an end, we kind of summarize and talk about everything that has happened. And a bit like what we mentioned in the quote, leaving the old behind and then starting again with the new So another very famous thing that happens, and again, straight after the firework display in London, we then start hearing the music to the song Old Lang Syne. And if you know the words, then people start singing it as well. And I think this is a tradition in the US as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's the exact same song that you would hear. I think like even at Times Square, that Mm. right when the ball drops, I think that would be the first song that they would play. But I have no idea of the lyrics I've seen in different like series and stuff that they'll sing it. But I don't really have a lot of uh, knowledge about like Scottish culture and whatnot. So I have never actually learned this. No, I haven't learned it either. I think I kind of just chime in when it's like for old Lang Syne. And <laughs> so it, it <laughs> right. does originate from Scotland. And I guess that's why it's so prominent and famous in the whole of the UK and also in the US for mm-hmm. immigrants that went over from Scotland to, to the US. And it is a really Mm -hmm. nice song. And I think it's to do with, again, the same kind of thing, like thinking about the time that has passed and then moving on into the new year. So it's very fitting for this occasion. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was going to point out something from before because I said that I hadn't learned it and you said you haven't learned it Uh either. So that's kind of like a grammatical difference, right, between British and American English with the conjugation of learn in the past. Yeah, so... You say learned and we tend to usually say learnt. It's very, yeah, that's a a difference between. It's subtle, but. Yeah, and even when we're writing as well. So you add ed and we put a t usually. We do Mm -hmm. use learned in in some instances, but not in the same way. Gotcha. So definitely, I think if you're in either country, that's a song that you're, you're going to hear and you might want to like listen to it so you can sing along at least. Like Andrew said, chime in maybe just at the the very end. Do you know what that means, the the name of the song? I think it has, if you translate it word for word, it doesn't really make sense in English. I can't remember Mm. exactly what it is now. Something to do with old past something. But it basically is talking about the the time that has passed. Mm -hmm. And you'd also think about, I think Edinburgh also has like a really 
big New Year's celebration. It's quite a famous place as well to travel to for New Year's Eve. And it's called Hogmanay, Mm -hmm. the New Year's Eve celebration there. And again, when this song is played, people join hands. So again, it's not COVID proof, so maybe it won't happen for a while (laughs) now. But people tend to be in lines and they cross their arms. So if you're watching the podcast, you can see me. Mm cross my arms so you just cross your hand you cross your <laughs> arms in front of your body to then hold hands with the people next to you and as you're singing it you kind of do this little jig <laughs> where you're dancing <laughs> and singing the song what a jig a jig is like a a little movement like a small little dance mm-hmm. yeah i always think of that like a scottish or irish yeah. jig so have you ever done any of the traditions here? Like, have you done the grapes at midnight? I haven't because I've never actually been here. I've lived in Barcelona for seven years, but we've oh. always been in London or Cyprus or maybe on holiday somewhere over Christmas and <laughs> New Year. So this year will be my first Christmas and New Year's in Barcelona. So I'm definitely looking forward to doing some of the traditions here. So you mentioned the 12 grapes. What? What does that involve yeah. exactly? It's it's a I, I think it's a quite a funny tradition. Like the the first time I've done it a few times now, and the the few New Years that I've been here. Last year I was not, but the year before I was, and uh, and you basically have to get twelve grapes, and it's like you better buy them ahead of time because the stores can run out. And this is a very important tradition for Spanish people because they believe if you do not do it, then you'll have bad luck for the year. So it's kind of like some of those other traditions that we talked about previously. Uh, that we would do on New Year's Day. So this basically is like, uh, they have something very similar in Madrid. I think it's with a bell chiming as well. And it's like the 12 seconds before midnight, every second, I'm not sure why it's 12 and not like 10, but every second they you'll hear a chime and you have to eat a grape with each chime. And if you're able to eat all 12 grapes in these last 12 seconds of the year, then you're supposed to have good luck. But if you don't finish them, then you will have bad luck. But really, I don't know, at least for me, it's never been a challenge to eat all oh, the no? grapes before midnight. Oh, no. so you just like really quickly <laughs> chew them and swallow before yeah. the final. You're just popping them in every, oh, you know, once per second. Okay, so <laughs> this is something that I want to try this year. And it's good to know that you have to buy the grapes in advance. Don't leave it last minute because I didn't think of that. Definitely next time. You can actually buy something really nifty that they have is you can buy canned grapes. So this is better in some instances because, you know, if you... You can just have them on hand. You can buy like extras and stuff if you're not sure who's going to come over. And so you see this like a very big tradition. And then they'll have like uh, candy grapes. So like fake grapes for people who don't actually like grapes. They can eat these candies instead. Oh, okay. That's so funny. I thought it would be hard to actually complete eating all 12 in 12 seconds. (laughs) I'll see how I fare this year and I'll let you know. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully you have to do well because you need to have that good luck in 2021. (laughs) Are there any other traditions that you have experienced from other parts of the world? Not really. Uh, These are the ones, really. I know that in Cyprus, it's really big to have a big barbecue on New Year's Day. So Mm. I guess my family might be doing that. Outdoors. Depending on what the restrictions are. And yeah, usually (laughs) the weather in January, it is a little bit colder, but they'll definitely have the barbecue outside but then maybe eat dinner inside depending how cold it is Hmm. but yeah that's quite interesting i think here it would be just a bit too cold to be outside grilling (laughs) but we i suppose we do have some of that more here in the january and february in in catalonia with the calzots Mm -hmm. 
I don't know if you've experienced that before. Yeah, I have the calzotada. Mm -hmm. So what are they? That's like, it's like um, a green onion. It's like a big green onion. So like these ones that have like a white bottom part and like then the shoots, the green shoots that come out of it. So basically what they do is they, they just grill, I don't know, hundreds of these. Uh, and you'll be with like, usually with family, uh, with a big group of people, grill tons and tons of these. And then you'll eat it with a special sauce, which is like a Romanesco sauce, uh, which has, I'm not sure exactly what's in it, but I believe like tomatoes and almonds and stuff. It's really delicious. I think it's the best part. Um, and then it's really dirty because you you have like all these like charred black grilled calzots, like green onions, and you grab them with your hands and like peel off the black part. And then you eat like kind of the tender uh, cooked part inside. So it's quite funny because like everyone is really messy. Everyone's hands are like all black and stuff. And you have to wear like the bib and everything to make sure like none of that sauce drips on you. And you have like a very particular way of eating it, which is like you look up and you open your mouth and you dip it in to your mouth to avoid getting the sauce everywhere. Yeah. I remember my first one and it was <laughs> it was pretty messy and trying to describe what cow sorts were as well to my family. I always described it as like a huge spring onion because I, I don't know if you call them the mm -hmm. same. I don't know if they're scallions in the US, but you know. I've heard them yeah, called that, like yeah. the long, we call them spring onions and it's just a really mm -hmm. big spring onion i think and you can eat quite a lot of them yeah i don't know if they're the best for the digestion <laughs> but <laughs> then you'll tend to have like maybe something more substantial after like some some meat or i'd usually have like fish or something mm -hmm. like that so that's a tradition i'm sure we'll be doing here in the next month or two which is a great thing at the start of the year that we that i always look forward to yeah me too i'm looking forward to it even more this year i think so i think that's we probably talked about pretty much uh, as much as we can really about the new year and everything. And we obviously want to wish all of you out there that are listening or watching a very happy new year. And we hope that it is a very great fresh start for you, uh, that you're able to kind of turn over a new leaf. What does that mean? So if you turn over a new leaf, it's kind of like you're beginning again, like we talked about with the, the quote before, right? That you're getting a, a fresh start on things. So maybe if it hasn't been the best year for you, then you can turn over a new leaf in 2021 and you can, you know, be kind of developing some new habits or setting some goals to achieve some things that'll kind of like help you to be that person that you really want to be. Yeah, that sounds really good. And I'd like to wish everyone a happy new year as well, if you are celebrating and let's hope 2021 will be a good one. Definitely. I think <laughs> we definitely need that. So one, two, three. Oh uh, yeah. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com and connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our real-life native immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. 
Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.